0: Linton Leadership and Management Consulting is a veteran-owned and operated consulting company based out of Sevierville, Tennessee with a local, national, and global reach. At Linton Leadership and Management Consulting, we provide leadership, human performance, and management consulting services, as well as coaching to companies of any size on methods to improve performance in their organizations. One-on-one coaching and mentoring is available to all individuals at any level of your organization. Additionally, large and small group seminars can be conducted... In these seminars, information on leadership tactics and techniques is shared, best practices discussed, and team-building exercises are conducted, all of which serve to highlight methods on ways to increase the team's and the individual's performance. You can email the show to get the conversation started on exploring ways that we can work together to improve your team's performance. A significant discount will be offered to any Sevier County, Tennessee businesses. Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Telegram as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Leadership and Lies. Thank you to those returning listeners. I sincerely appreciate your loyalty. I would like to encourage each of you that are enjoying this podcast to share it with your family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. If you're a new listener, I invite you to provide me with some feedback. Send me an email to larry at com. Also, if you're a first-time listener and enjoy this content, you too should share it with everyone you know. There is power in numbers. Everyone can follow the show on the website of com. Or on the Facebook page of Liberty, Leadership, and Lies with Larry Linton. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit the show on Anchor and click on the support button. Then just follow the directions. We're on the topic of leadership this week, and we'll be switching gears a little, as I let you know at the end of last week's show and on this past Saturday's weekend update. Today will be a discussion between a great American and myself. Miss A.J. DePriest will be asking me some questions, vetting me, if you will, about my desire to seek elected office in the future. AJ, although she doesn't like to admit it, leads a couple of groups of patriots, those concerned citizens, in efforts to stem the rising tide of socialism here in Tennessee. Yep, even in Tennessee, that morally bankrupt philosophy of socialism is starting to take root. The first group she is herding cats on is called the Free States Project Tennessee. This group intakes and vets researchers that in turn researches leads for assignments to task groups supporting the Tennessee Liberty Network. The group also promotes discussion and debate, among a myriad of other small groups of people, to determine the best data or information to advance to the Tennessee Liberty Network. Now, the Tennessee Liberty Network serves as an umbrella or a funnel for all of this research and data mining. The Tennessee Liberty Network collects and aggregates the data on legislation in Nashville, as well as data on the elected officials there. They disseminate the information to citizens about current legislation, the lawmakers, and state events related to defending and supporting constitutionally protected liberties. It also provides educational tools to the public to promote understanding of and participation in Tennessee state government. Additionally, it provides training tools to organizations to improve communication skills and motivate the members. The Tennessee Liberty Network acts as a federation-building hub for all Tennessee organizations whose missions are to defend and protect our constitutionally protected rights. You can find these groups on Telegram or by sending an email to free states tennessee at protonmail.com. Again, that's free states tn at protonmail.com. All one word free states tn. Now, let's just jump right into the interview.
1: So, um, we talked to our, our group and we gathered some questions from them. And we put them together and um, so we're going to start with, I guess, number one. This is from one of our members and she asked, I often hear candidates say they are conservative, pro-life, pro-American, pro-2A. What are the specific issues you're passionate about and will concentrate on if elected? Is it fair elections? Is it conservative education in public schools? Is it something else? So tell us.
0: I focus on this main issue during the podcast, and that is an apathetic electric. Our citizen sovereigns are just not involved anymore. You could say I'm slightly conservative. I'm definitely pro-life. I am definitely pro-United States of America as it was founded. And pro-Second Amendment, of course, because it's part of the Constitution. Our public's not aware of the rights that they are protected by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And they need to know this. They need to know that Washington, D.C. has far exceeded its authority and its responsibility. And that's because the citizen sovereign has rejected or left by the wayside their duties, their responsibilities to the country. And that is sort of like what we're doing here. Getting to know and getting involved in the people that you select to represent you. Because politicians, and that's a dirty word in Probably what I'm seeking to be. (laughs) But I don't want to be a politician. I want to be the servant leader for the people I represent. Because to be a true servant leader, I'm not looking to lead. I'm looking to serve. Amen. And I serve the Constitution. I, you know, I swore an oath, 1987, to protect and defend the Constitution. And a lot of people in the political office, they take the same type of oath or a similar oath. But they have no fealty to the Constitution. They don't even know what it says. I mean, we've covered several articles, mainly focused on Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, that actually limits or lists Congress's authority. Congress has all legislative authority in the United States of America, they are the ones that write all laws. But the Constitution says what laws they can write. But here we go. People willy-nilly in Washington, D.C. writing every law known to man, and it exceeds their constitutional authority. And they've been getting away with it for decades because we, as a people, don't know that they have limits on themselves.
1: Very true. So
0: that's what I want to get involved in. That's what I want to focus on is let everybody know that the citizen sovereign, the ultimate authority in the United States of America, are the individual citizens. It's not the people in D.C. It's not the people in Nashville. It's not the people in state capitals everywhere. It's we the people. In fact, this brief I went to last week, those people don't have authority because they are elected. They are actually under the authority of the Constitution. They work for the Constitution That's right. via us. That's right. We don't work for them. They work for us, and they don't realize that anymore.
1: So then that leads me to my second question. Hmm. What do you think is the role of government?
0: The role of government as stated in our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and even you know state constitutions, is only to protect the citizens' natural or God-given rights. That's the only thing it's put into place for. Everything else is left up to us. They're not to take care of us. The best way to take care of ourselves in this country is to have a thorough understanding and a thorough knowledge of the Constitution, our rights that it protects. Mm-hmm. And that's how we take care of ourselves.
1: And don't you think a lot of people, they elect politicians because they don't understand what the role of government is and they vote for them specifically so that they will make decisions to take care of them Absolutely. so that they won't have to, they can just relinquish all responsibility for the things that are happening in our, in our nation, in our cities, in our towns, and they vote for these people so that they don't have to think about those things anymore.
0: Right. So because governments so becoming the, the mom and dad and they that's never what it was meant to be. So never. If you so you're
1: let's talk about your vision then for Tennessee. If money wasn't an issue and you had all the time in the world, what would you change to make Tennessee a better place to live?
0: Again, this goes back to the constitution. You know, that our federal government was created by the states. So it is the child of the state. My goal would be the states to assert its position in the relationship. So getting government out of the way of the people, both state and federal, is what needs to happen.
1: What recommendations, and this, this isn't part of the list, but um, <laughs> you know, since we're talking about states' rights, I, I read an article the other day about um, um, how there are some progressive arguments that every time you talk about states' rights, that it's somehow racist. Well, but everything's racist. Right. So. (laughs) so I mean, um, this
0: microphone must be racist because it's red. (laughs) I mean, that's the liberal (laughs) logic today. That's true. That's
1: true. But what what resources have you read that you can recommend to other people that will help them understand the importance of states' rights and the importance of of learning and understanding how they are in control of the government?
0: Well, first, the Constitution. Mm Mm-hmm. And then more specifically, the ninth and 10th Amendments in the Bill of Rights, which grants the individuals and the states their rights. Well, it doesn't grant them. It protects them. Nothing grants us our rights. They're already there. And then reading the Federalist Papers. Yes. I mean, because a lot of people like to say, well, the Constitution is a living thing and we can interpret it differently because they didn't do it before. Well, actually, they did. It's called the Federalist Papers, and they explain why every paragraph is in that document and what it actually means. So if people had a good understanding of the constitution, all of our amendments and the federalist papers that lays out the reasons why the constitution was passed and why it w- that specific wording was in there would be the best foundation for citizen sovereign government in the United States.
1: And these aren't just like secret sauce documents that you can't find because they're hidden, you know, in some you know, library somewhere, people can just go online and find all of these documents and read them.
0: The only reason why I would suggest that they are hidden is they're hidden because nobody talks about them, especially those people in elected positions of responsibility and the mainstream media or almost every bit of media doesn't talk or doesn't let the general public know that there is actually essays out there that explain exactly why the Constitution was written.
1: There are too many people who benefit from keeping people in the dark.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The aristocracy definitely benefits. Yeah.
1: So let's move to the wonderful subject of elections. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just having a conversation this morning on the way over here about um, how, why I don't use ways anymore. <laughs> you know, because they they got on that bandwagon um, with the Georgia voting laws, deciding that you know Georgia was a racist oh. state for requiring IDs for for voting and this was a question that came up from several several of our members about uh elections so they want to know what we need to do to ensure fair elections and eliminate voter fraud in Tennessee do you have any recommendations or any ideas about what
0: you would do to pursue that absolutely well tell us please <laughs> And we, we've seen it happening all over the world, and most recently in England, right? The Queen of England just said that, hey, you will need voter ID to vote in any parliamentary really? elections.
1: I didn't know that.
0: In England. Oh. Voter ID. Ducky. Imagine that.
1: Well, ducky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but our elections have been so screwed up for decades. I mean, I understand the reasoning behind absentee ballots for people that are citizens that aren't in the country. The military, yeah. And then, then we got foreign diplomats that live overseas. So I can understand absentee ballots for them. But this early voting, it it, it just skews the bandwagon. That's like letting a football team take the field, run up the score two days before Sunday's game, and then the opposition knows what exactly they need to do on election day. So completely get rid of early voting, allow absentee voting with ID, proof of ID only, only for those people that are not within the contiguous United States. So those people that are stationed overseas or working overseas for the government, they can vote by absentee ballot. Mm-hmm. But all voting is same day. It we has saw, to be.
1: We saw some legislation uh, in the last week. I don't, I'm not sure what happened to it before this legislative session ended, but it was um, about requiring watermarks on absentee ballots. Good idea?
0: Absolutely. Anything that can protect the integrity of a ballot should be welcomed with open arms by everybody. A, a true, verified true ballot that you can be audited to make sure it's a valid ballot mm-hmm. is perfect. And it has to be, all voting has to take place on the same day. There'll be a lot of people say, oh, people can't get out of work. There's nothing that says you cannot have voting from eight in the morning to midnight. There's nothing. It's all up to the states, right? The Mm -hmm. state legislatures have plenary power to determine how the elections within that state are run. And every state should do that. Mandatory voting ID. Mandatory same-day voting. No more early voting. Paper ballots. We all know electronics can be hacked. All of it. Mm -hmm. Just look, I, I told people this on the Weekend Update the other day. Look at this Arizona audit. I mean the last the latest information on it is that they don't want to give the auditors access to the routers because they were connected to the police department. Hmm. Well, how are they connected to the police department if they're not <laughs> supposed to be connected to the internet at all?
1: Yeah, they're not supposed to be connected uh, to anything.
0: Exactly. So anybody can get into any electronic device. And wow, we know this. I mean right. That's so right. So paper ballots, same day voting, voter ID. Watermark ballots is a good idea, Mm. but I mean, we've, we've done this in other countries when we've gone in and done our nation building in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, the dyed purple thumbs to show that that person showed up and who they were and they voted. We can do this in other countries. Why can't we do it here?
1: So what about, um, you know, there's a problem in nursing homes that that's an exemption, um, in a lot of the voting laws that um, people can go in and harvest votes from nursing homes and that people there don't have to show IDs. And also there's, um, there's a big problem with um, homeless people. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know what the demographic numbers are for, for homeless people who vote, but a lot of them don't have IDs. And so what do you suggest for situations like that, for people that, um, that are, should they be exempted? From showing IDs, and if not, then how do we get IDs and make sure that these people can legally vote?
0: Well, first of all, identifications are so low cost. Even, all these, free, even yeah, free. And free in yeah. some states. So these these big celebrities, sports stars, say, hey, getting a voter ID is, is too expensive for some people. Well, put your money where your mouth is, and you pay for them to Bad, get their $5 man. ID card That's right. instead of boycotting people that have different opinions on election laws.
1: Or how about them arranging, paying for mass transportation for a day to take homeless people to register to vote and and pay for their IDs. Absolutely. Or pick up free IDs. Absolutely. That's a a great idea.
0: Right? Election laws can be amended or put into place for those people that are in these homes Mm -hmm. that maybe some type of ballot harvesting type of situation can have. When there are poll workers that can actually go into these places and verify. If you're in a nursing home, there is some sort of identification on you. Yes. Because somebody's paying the bill. That's right. Either Uncle Sucker's paying the bill through Medicaid, (laughs) but you can't get no Medicaid unless you have a social security number. So you had to prove who you are to be in a nursing home. That's right. So... It's just a bunch of lies out there to cover up the fact that they want to insert some method of fraud into our elections. Everybody in this country can prove they are who they say they are. There is a method out there. And if these politicians say, oh, we can't do it because it's too expensive, put your money where your mouth is. Don't take my money or my sweat equity to do it. Put your money. If you think it's so important that these people have IDs... I mean, Congress. Look at your salaries. Salaries are outrageous. And why do we do that? Why do we even pay for them to do what they volunteered to do?
1: And you know, some some elected officials actually give up their pay and donate it to really good causes.
0: Very rare, but
1: yeah. let's see who did that.
0: Who did that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So
1: so let's let's talk about politicians and money then, because we all know that. Um, Politicians aren't going to bite the hand that feeds them. And we're the ones who are supposed to be feeding them. But they're also bought and paid for by a lot of a lot of big money. Mm-hmm. Big money. Big lobbyist money. Big PAC money. So one of the problems that, um, that came up in our discussion when forming questions for you was about politicians taking money. Um, we discovered in some of our research with Tennessee Liberty Network... Some of our Tennessee politicians are are quite rich. Quite rich from the money they take from special interests. So what do you think of politicians who take money from big tech, big pharma, big med, big media? And will you take money from them?
0: Now I'm a big advocate of anybody who wants to give me money, can. <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of that. But these people that want to give me money got to understand that I am beholden to nobody other than God Almighty. And when I serve the Constitution, I serve the people. I don't serve any other interest group. I serve the people. So if Big Pharma wants to write a check or pay for some part of my campaign, by all means, just realize that I'm going to do whatever is necessary under the Constitution to do my job. And that is to represent the people. I don't represent Big Pharma. I don't represent any of these other special interests. Your job, once you, once you decide to get in the arena, is to serve the people that get you there, meaning the electorate, not meaning special interests.
1: So, what do you think about these um, these elected um, servants of the people who do take big corporate money from special interests and PACs, and and they don't serve? the people who elected them?
0: They are violating their oath and they should be thrown out on their cans. Take your government stimulus check and buy some tar and feathers.
1: If we know this, should we let people know that this I, is happening?
0: Absolutely. When I pull the trigger and jump into the arena to serve in a political office, I want you people to know that a Big Pharma can give me all the money they want or Big Tech or whoever, they can give me all the money they want. They can pay for all the advertising they want
1: advertising
0: but i serve the constitution
1: yeah well they like to give people money who will do their bidding so
0: i don't do anybody's bidding except maybe denise <laughs> <laughs> right answer
1: <laughs> you 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 now have the vote of every woman listening <laughs> So here's, here's the big question. Here's the big question. We'll we'll close with this one unless there's anything else you want to add after this. Um, how can we know the depth of your conviction about what you say you believe? What do you think a political candidate should say to prove he's crossed that Rubicon and really means what he says?
0: Well, AJ, you're sitting in my... in the goat locker studio of East Tennessee.
1: Yes, I am, and it's pretty awesome, I got to tell
0: you. And, uh... But the walls are actually adorned with 30 years of conviction to serving the Constitution of the United States of America. If anybody doubts my conviction on that, they just need to come in here and see. I mean, I used to have, uh, well, I I still have them as friends, but uh, a few friends that live next to us up in Stafford. He said, man, you're the biggest patriot I know. And that was over 25 years ago. Nothing has changed my mind that this is the greatest country on the face of the planet. And I believe that it is my job to serve. I once served it in uniform. I tried to take the retired route when I noticed everything going wrong in this country. So I decided that, well, I didn't decide. I realized that I still have to serve because it's, it's my country. It's our country. And we're letting other people hijack people that are only concerned with their power and their prestige, building a legacy on the backs of their fellow citizens. I'm not interested in building a legacy. I'm interested in returning the citizen sovereign of the United States of America back to their rightful place as we the people where all power in the country is only derived from them not from special interests not from politicians that pay lip service to the constitution but to we the people it's my job i I serve that's what i want to do you
1: know i do have one more question okay (laughs) i do because that that reminds me of of this question that we often talk about in our group because a lot of us are parents and um we we have we have little ones in in schools in public schools, we have kids in college. We have grown kids, and a lot of those kids are just lost. They're lost to this insane anti-fascist ideology that is just—they hate America, and we're trying to reach them, you know, to to just shake them awake and help them see that what they're really fighting against isn't us it's not us it's not a a we versus them Um, it's america versus communism against marxism so if you could talk to all young people how would you convince them to love the united states what advice would you give them what recommendations do you have to to bring them back home
0: well first of all you had to get rid of these lies, this ideology that is going through our school system now that our country is inherently racist. Almost every country that has been in existence for a couple of hundred years now has a history of slavery. Slavery, I I get it, it's wrong, it's evil. But we're the only country on the entire planet that destroyed, almost completely destroyed itself to end slavery. That is shows that our country was built for the love of people and the idea that all men are created equal. We almost destroyed ourselves. I mean, of every conflict that the United States of America has been involved in since our inception, we have lost more people in the Civil War than in any other conflict. We almost destroyed ourselves ending that scourge. No other country could say that. Most every other country on this planet, and there are still some today, that have the scourge of slavery. That's right. But we're not taught that. We're taught the complete opposite. We were found the 1619 Project crap that says our country was founded on slavery. No, our country was founded on the individual freedoms. That's what needs to be taught. It's the individual, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't say this color individual or that color individual, or this color, or this religious background, or that religious background. It says all men are created equal. It doesn't, you know, differentiate between any type of race, color, or creed. And we went to war to reassert that. These kids today, I mean, they're they're so lost. They get so many different messages. I mean, we hear about it in our church, uh, our pastor, our youth pastor, Tells us about all these notes and these talks and these kids. They're so lost, so alone, and so neglected in most parts. And then when you get a lost child or you get a neglected child and you start feeding with crap, that's what they become. So we need to get them back to the love of country. I mean, I remember standing in the playground when... Uh, the National Anthem would play when I was a five-year-old. We'd all pop to attention or there was the Pledge of Allegiance every day in school. I remember. What happened to that? Yeah. What, this is the greatest country on earth. This is the most free country on earth. And yet we're taught to believe that it's racist, that you can't get ahead because of the color of your skin. What happened? How did we get in 2008? What happened there?
1: I don't know. Millions of people want to come here.
0: And we elected the first black president in the United States. The That's free world. Right. So we're a racist country. And all these celebrities that say, oh, we're inherently racist. These people of color, the United States is inherently racist. You can't get ahead. And they're making millions of right. dollars.
1: Right?
0: I mean, I served with people of all colors, all creeds, all religions, and some different nationalities in the United States Navy. And the only differentiator there was our service, our capabilities. Nothing about the color of our skin. That's what we get. got to get back to. That everybody can get ahead. I mean, there are many people of color that advanced faster than me in the Navy. Was it because I was white? Blonde-haired, blue eyes. Oh, you got white privilege. It, well, it sure didn't seem that way. But people are taught that. Yeah. And especially when they're young and they're lost and... Their faith in God is even, even if they have it taught to them at home, is ridiculed that they they believe in a fairy tale, the spaghetti monster or whatever like that. It's all, we're all just meat robots, right? I hear mm-hmm. Dr. Mm-hmm. Frank Turk talk about that all the time. If, if there is no creator, then we're just random chance meat robots. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. They have, we need faith in our creator and we need faith in the people that brought us our Constitution and our Bill of Rights that had a firm foundation in a faith in a Creator. Hey Amen. That's how we get them.
1: That's how we get them. Well, let's get them.
0: <laughs> all right. Is I'm there, all about is it.
1: Is there anything else that you want to share with people that we haven't covered here?
0: No. Not, nothing more than what I constantly harp on is that is we have to get back to our founding principles. We have to get it back to an understanding of our founding principles and our founding documents. The information's out there. Don't believe what you hear on the internet or what you hear on the TV. Do your own research. Again, read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights. Read all the amendments. Read the Federalist Papers. And then you will have a, a strong argument to go against any of these wackos that say we're a inherently racist country. Or that you can't get ahead because of the color of your skin. Reassert yourself. I'm closing with this most of the time now in my podcast. is You have to stand in the arena. If you want to make things better. Don't do it from behind the keyboard. And scream at your neighbors or hate your neighbors. Do something about it. Understand how your government works for you. And then get in the arena and make it happen. All right, that's it. Thank you, AJ, for coming by. And thank you for the lovely Denise sitting there watching us and Dan sitting in the background enjoying this. I hope everybody gleaned something from this interview. Uh, To be the true elected representative, you have to have the attitude of a servant leader. You have to serve your fellow citizen sovereign by standing in the arena and asserting yourself as the citizen sovereign. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's word. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. For too long now in our republic's history, the aristocracy has been taking our liberty to satisfy their own selfish ambition and vain conceit. Join with me to stand in the arena and humble ourselves to our fellow citizens. Be the servant leader that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught us through his disciples to be. True Christ-centered servant leadership can save our republic. Value our fellow citizens' freedoms more than our own. Reveille, it's time to wake up.